Hey there, and welcome to What's the Story. We're an inquisitive bunch of hosts from the What's the Story team on a mission to uncover stories about faith and courage from everyday people. In doing that, we get the privilege of chatting with amazing guests and have the opportunity to delve into their faith journey, the hurdles they've overcome, and the life lessons they have learned along the way. If you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for our weekly newsletter at our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. It's your direct line to the latest episodes and detailed show notes delivered straight into your inbox. And the best part, it's totally free. What's the Story is brought to you by Crowd Church, who fully understand that stepping into a traditional church might not be everyone's cup of joe. Crowd Church provides a digital sanctuary, a safe space to explore the Christian faith where you can engage in meaningful conversations rather than just simply spectating. So whether you're new to the Christian faith or in search of a new church family, visit crowd.church. And if you have any questions at all, just drop them an email, hello at crowd.church. They would love to connect with you. And now let's meet your host and our special guest for today. So welcome to What's the Story. I am sat here chatting with the beautiful, the amazing Anna Grace. Anna Grace Kennedy Farrington. Yeah. However many names you want to put on. <laughs> now it's fair to say we've known each other a fair few years. Yeah. How long? I met I met you when I first came to Liverpool, so that would be twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. So you've been in Liverpool six years. Mm-hmm. So for those that don't know, Whenever, if you um, if you watch Crowd, if you're a regular to Crowd, you will have heard us in the past talk about Jag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jag. Mm. Uh, mainly because it's a Jeremy Clarkson takeoff, but because um, you and your husband, John, mm. John and Anna Grace, hence Jag, uh, have done a lot of the worship songs. So we have heard from you in the past. You've done some this of the talks true. in the past. Mm. You've done... But you're, you're probably one of the most regular people on crowd. You yeah, and John. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite funny. Uh, and so the reason we're doing this conversation is because um, it was all very last minute, wasn't it? This yeah. is definitely not planned. This is the most no. spontaneous conversation I've had on What's the Story. Might have washed my hair. <laughs> <laughs> done my makeup. Yeah. I know, I should have done mine. Okay. Um, but we were just having lunch because this is your last day. Mm-hmm isn't it, in the office. You work with us here. Yeah. And it's your last day before you fly off mm-hmm. to back to North Carolina. We're going to get into that a little bit. And so I was like, well, let's do a what's the story for you going. You were very game and said, yeah, sure, let's do it. So thank you for doing this. Yeah, of course. Of course. I had no option. <laughs> yeah. You bought me lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it would have taken years ago? <laughs> Memo to self. If you need Anna Grace to do anything, just buy lunch. Yeah, food. Uh, food. <laughs> You know what, Zoe is exactly the same way. Yeah. My daughter, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want something, you just say to Zoe. Uh, whilst we're there, if we're going to go do something, whilst we're mm-hmm. there, or whatever it is I needed to do, there will be food. She's yeah. like, I'm there. It works. Yeah, does it yeah. work with you as well? Yeah, definitely. Most definitely <laughs> treats. Treats always. Yeah, I love treats. <laughs> treats, treats are the way to the woman's heart, right? Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, fair play, fair play. So you are heading back to North Carolina. So let's just run through the story super quick. Okay. How are you in Liverpool? I'm in Liverpool because of my husband, John. Mm-hmm. I met him in Germany on a gap year, and I thought, I really like him. So I <laughs> followed him back to England. It's basically what I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so did. I was in Oxford for a year, Yeah, and then moved up to Liverpool once we got engaged. 
Very good. And it was a YWAM thing, wasn't it? In it Germany? was a YWAM thing. Deutschland. Why Germany? Why did you choose to do YWAM in Germany? I had a friend who had done YWAM in Florida, mm-hmm. and she knew of a base that was starting up in Germany and thought I'd really like it. And I thought, sounds fun. So just applied. So I thought, why not? Why not? Just have a go. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. What we got to lose? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Seems you gained a lot. Yeah, though. I gained a lot. <laughs> <laughs> gained the husband. So it was, uh, that year in Germany was John was also doing YWAM in Germany that year, and that's where you both met, right? Yeah. And so um, you then follow him back to the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys dating at this point, or are you just like stalking him? No, 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 no. So we, because you're not allowed to date on YWAM. Right. So we had a conversation before we left for our outreaches to say, I like you, you like me. When we graduate school, let's date. Mm-hmm. And so from like March 2016, we started dating. Okay, fair enough. And for those that might not know what YWAM is listening to the podcast, let's not make any assumptions. Just explain what YWAM is. YWAM, it stands for Youth with a Mission or Young Women After Men. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's basically just a gap year program to get people excited about Jesus and going into the nations yeah. and stuff. So it's a mission thing, isn't it, really? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, when you're at that sort of age, 16, 17, 18, I don't know if there's a minimum age, actually, for one. I imagine no. it's 18. I don't know. Um, but yeah. there's a lot of people do the YWAM gap years all over the world, don't they? Yeah, yeah my schools, like, range from 16 to 40 Oh wow. in age. So It's quite an eclectic bunch. Yeah, yeah. Youth with a mission and slightly middle-aging yeah. Yeah. people with a mission. That's true. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't fit quite as yeah. well with the acronyms. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, well, youth is just a number, isn't it? It's just mm. how, I suppose yeah. it's, uh, it's how you feel. Mm. So that was in 2016. You were obviously a Christian at this point. Yep. So how did you find faith? What was that? Were you, did you come out the womb a Christian or was there a journey for you? Um, so I've grown up as a pastor's kid. PK. Yeah, PK. Um, I have lovely parents. And mm. so they, from the beginning, um, have always instilled in me the gospel message, taught it to me, taught it to my siblings. And so I think from a very young age, I always knew that Jesus was with me. Mm-hmm. And so I remember being at a summer camp that my dad would preach at in yeah. Arkansas. Arkansas? Yeah. And so I remember, I think I was about six, mm. walking with my dad, and he was explaining what the baptisms in the river meant. Mm-hmm. And then I said, oh, I, I want Jesus. And so we sat down under a tree and we prayed together. And then I was baptized at six years old in the river. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And so, yeah, I remember after I was baptized, I wanted to swim in the river while my dad was continuing the baptisms. And he was <laughs> like, no, you can't do that. So... But yeah, but no. I've been in, Dad. I've already got wet. Why can't I not yeah. carry on? Yeah, and so I think, like, because I was so young, um, it was a very childlike faith. Yeah. Um, and so I think the foundations that my parents laid for me really prepared me well. Mm. Um, and definitely feel like I went through seasons of taking ownership of my faith and not just inheriting it and yeah. understanding different char- different characteristics of, of God. and yeah what that meant for my life and what that meant for my family and friends mm-hmm. and, and all that. But yeah. Fantastic. So have you, have you always then had a faith? Yeah. You never, never done that sort of wandering thing that some people do. No. I've always, I've had questions, but I've mm-hmm. never left. Okay. That's really interesting. So what made you decide then to do YWAM? I didn't know if I wanted to do university. Mm-hmm. And so I remember feeling 
quite out of place when we'd have like the uni conversations in high school and didn't really feel like there was one for me. And then the, op- the I think I was also homeschooled till I was 15. Mm-hmm. So I'd always done things a little bit differently. Um, and then I remember the opportunity just came up and I was like, yeah, this is mm. just felt a lot of peace about it and a lot of excitement. Yeah. Um, just decided to go for it. Fantastic. Yeah. And did you think when you went, I'm going to meet a fella? No. Well, I've, I've <laughs> that was the one rule my dad gave me <laughs> when I went was to not fall in love. Really? Yeah. That's what he, your dad said. Yeah. Cause he knew what, cause so me and my older sister, mm-hmm. when I, cause we've both done lots of like traveling and adventures. Yeah. And so from my sister, he was like, you know, be safe. Don't do anything too adventurous or, or, you know, stupid. And then for me, it was like, just don't fall in love. <laughs> and so that, that was my one rule. And I, fell in love so <laughs> I bumped into John on my first day and I remember looking at my friend and being like I'm gonna be in trouble <laughs> <laughs> so what was that call like with your dad um yeah I feel like they kind of knew they, they actually were great I mm. remember him just kind of being like all right even though I'm not with you I'm watching you okay mm-hmm. and uh he made John FaceTime him to ask his permission while we were in Germany and that went well yeah. Yeah. They Very loved good. John. Of course they would. Yeah. Everyone I mean, how could John. you? Yeah. yeah almost I, like more than me sometimes. <laughs> he like, he cleans up after himself more than I do. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he's great. <laughs> I've got, a, I've, you know, I've had that with my mum that actually I'm convinced since I've got married that mum much prefers and quite rightly so, uh, I think Sharon to me in a lot of ways. Yeah. And you feel like slightly pushed out, don't yeah, you, by yeah. your spouse, uh, which is, is quite funny yeah. uh, where your parents are concerned. Mm. So what was it like growing up as a PK? Were you, did you feel like that was a pressured environment? Like you had to conform to something or mm. was that, was that all, you didn't even notice that? Yeah, I think I, I think I enjoyed it. I don't remember um, not enjoying it growing up. I think there's definitely things that are hard. I think it's hard when people think that they know you mm. um, when they don't know you that well. Mm. Um, but I mean, I, yeah, I've had I've had a pretty good experience um, of being a PK. PK. I think I've always known. I think one thing that's helped is my dad's always said that we're his first priority, and yeah. so I always knew that we came before church. And I think because of that, um, it helped me feel protected. Yeah. 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 So you <laughs> you do what your dad tells you not to do. You fall in love, yeah. uh, and you come over to the UK. Um, you get engaged, you move up to Liverpool, um, you get married, uh, and you've been living here since. How have you found it living? I, I appreciate England is is not necessarily a foreign country, but it is a foreign country, isn't it? You, it is you're, different. You, it's very different. Um, how have you found that? Because you've got a young daughter, Eden, beautiful, beautiful young girl. Um, how have you found it living away from home? Very difficult. Mm. Um, I think... I didn't find it as difficult until I had Eden. Right. Um, and I think that's when kind of my perspective shifted because mm-hmm. then my priorities shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very close to my in-laws and John's family. And so I've always yeah, had a good support system around and made loads of friends like family. And um, But it's still hard because I think one thing that's difficult is even though I'm American and I speak English and I can kind of blend, I can kind of blend in. Um, I say that in my like collegiate <laughs> jumper, 
but um, <laughs> Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I think there's still this kind of expectation that I like I'm not supposed to be homesick. I think I've struggled with people kind of expecting me to kind of get over it just mm-hmm. because my culture is not as different to here. Yeah. Um, and so that's been difficult. Felt pretty misun. I can feel pretty misunderstood sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so that's that's been difficult. But at the same time. I felt very embraced, but I think for anybody who's not living in their home country, mm. there's kind of, it's always going to be difficult and you're always going to be longing yeah. or grieving for something. Yeah. Um, just that familiarity. Yeah. Um, even if you're not consciously aware of it, I think whenever I go back to the States to visit, mm. I can feel my body rest in a way that it doesn't when it's here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm fair. I get that. I mean, I lived in, um, I lived in the States for, couple of years so it was me it was the other way around mm. um and i i remember coming the first time i came back after being away for a while there was just something quite i i, I knew that i'd come home mm. do you know what i mean and it was and, and and i knew because i had that ability to come back and be home it meant actually the rest of the trip was or the rest of the time i was over there was it was easier yeah. but there are those times when you miss things like I just I usually say oh, I just fancy a double decker mm-hmm. now this was pre pre-internet really when yeah. I was living in the states so I couldn't just go onto a store and order do you yeah. know what I mean and it was it was just all those little things that you took for granted that when you're away you kind of like, oh I, just, I can't do that now mm. yeah so what what's been the things that you've missed the most I'm just gonna move that close to you oh. uh besides Chick-fil-a chicken biscuits <laughs> <laughs> um and besides people mm-hmm. and my siblings, I think just like food, food's a big one. Mm-hmm. I think open spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it just you just have so much more space. Mm-hmm. I've really missed that. Um, Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex. <laughs> Honestly, Mexican food here is so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And if you know, you know. If you, you do. You yeah. Do. Yeah, you do. And I, I mean, I've had Mexican food here and I've had Mexican food in the States and I totally get what that means. I know. Yeah, uh, especially in Dallas, you know, where um, when I go over to Texas because it's so close to the Mexican border. Yeah. Holy moly! Yeah, that's some good food. Yeah, yeah. yeah and so my sister, because I spent 15 years in Houston before mm-hmm. moving to North Carolina, and so like that's all we ate whenever you went out to eat is you just go get Tex-Mex. Yeah. And then my sister's married a really talented cook, and he's Mexican. Oh, fantastic! And so we just get Danielle to cook for us all the time. <laughs> Yeah. So we're like, let's go stay with our sister for a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's yeah, get so some we love Danielle. That's fantastic. Mm. So you're, um, why are you moving back to the States? I, I miss my family. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm ready for a season with, with mm-hmm. them. And I've missed a lot of big moments. And I think I'm just ready to, mm. to share moments with them. And mm. um, I think also my, my health's not been great the past few years. And so I think going back home kind of feels like a, a season of like healing. and Yeah. Um, for my body. Yeah. Um, Rest and recuperation. Yeah. And yeah. sunshine. And which, sunshine, which is great medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, yeah. Like, it's like Superman yeah. needs sunshine, right? Yeah. In the same way. So if I can ask you this question then, you, you talked about your health. Mm. Um, you've, you've grown up in, uh, you know, in, in the States. You've great family, beautiful family. Your family is amazing. But what's been some of the tough things that you've had to face? Has it been health related or have there been other things as well? Yeah, so I think um, the biggest things would probably be when I, when John and I 
chose to commit to each other. We chose to have an international like relationship. And so that meant visas. <laughs> and so I think that's been difficult because every time we've done an application, there's been something mm-hmm. standing in the way and like last minute God comes through with the solution when it yeah. just looks like it's just, it's totally one of those things where it's like, we don't trust in man. We trust in God because yeah. there's just been no way that some of our applications should have been approved. Yeah. Um, so I think doing that right off the bat, mm-hmm. um, because John had to defer his degree at university to work seven days a week to get my visa. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how we started out. Because there was like a minimum level of income, wasn't yeah, there, from memory? It's, yeah, it's quite complicated. And, and yeah. so I wasn't allowed to work because I was on a volunteer visa at the time. And so, yeah, so all those things um, add a lot of stress into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, because we've had to do that every few years. Um, and then... We got pregnant six months into being married, which wasn't planned, but it was a very, it was a welcome surprise. Um, <laughs> Happy accident, I think yeah, we like to call it in yeah, Christian circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that, you know, was another layer, but I mean, that was an absolute gift. Mm. Um, and I think without Eden, life would be a lot more dull. <laughs> um, it would be a lot more dull. Um, yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I think visas and I think my health, I think that's just really there's just been a lot of things I think that have felt out of my control mm-hmm. the past few years. And so that's been really difficult to wait mm. when a lot of the decisions are in other people's hands. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a naturally patient person? No. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, this is why then um, it was hard, I suppose, when, when things are in other people's hands. Are, yeah. you, are you one of these people that's just like, what can I do to make this go along quicker? And I need to do something constantly. Yeah, yeah I think I just, I can make my mind up very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, having to, it's like if my decision's made up and I have to wait for somebody else to make my decision happen, it's maddening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I, 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 I just remember. <laughs> yes, very clear. So the, the challenges then with the visa, the challenges mm-hmm. with... Um, dealing with that whole side of things. What was some of the things that you learned in that? Because you're you're not naturally a patient person. Mm. There's a mixture of emotions I'm imagining going on. There's um, the stress in the marriage, but at the same time, there's God in the mm. equation. So what did you learn in that? I think mm, probably one thing I would always say to John in the midst of like things feeling like chaos, you know, like, Mm. Oh, we're going to have to split up and I'm going to have to go to the States with Eden and wait for you. Or, you know, my health wasn't looking great and I needed emergency surgeries. And so Mm. you're trying to figure out how to do all that in the midst of all of that chaos. Like I still felt a lot of peace Mm. knowing that in the end it's going to like, I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Um, And I think that was, just because going back to, you know, whenever I was six and just knowing that Jesus has always been with me yeah. in, an, in such an undeniable way um, that I knew I could face it. Mm. And um, and he was with me in my pain and my struggle and just kind of, yeah, I think there's just like an undeniable peace. Yeah. Yeah. And then also just seeing his church in a very tangible way um, and just feeling very held by community and just watching mm. people kind of like love on us and and do things for us practically and, and whatnot has just, it's just shown like his very intentional ways of, of loving and caring for his yeah, yeah. kids. 
So, I, so you, I mean, I, I've seen you go through a lot of the the visa stuff, and there was conversations. I, and it's, it's you're a young married couple, and there's these with your very young baby, mm. and visas are in man's. I think the way you described it with man, it was not going to be possible. Where you kind of looking at this, going, well, naturally, this is not going to happen. Does that mean that we, as a family unit, are going to have to split up? We're going to have to live in two parts of the world while mm. this gets resolved. Which is, let's just face it, we're speaking. We're not exactly close. Mm. I mean, it's a plane ride, but it's still a plane ride at the yeah, end of the yeah. day. Um, what was the what was that stress like on you guys early in your marriage? Um, it. I think we coped very well. I mean, I think it just kind of, as you're learning and getting to know each other, mm. um, it just forces you to communicate um, and articulate yeah. how you're feeling and how the other person can support you. Yeah. Um, and so I think we had to learn very early on that like, unless we're talking yeah. and okay, that the other person might say something that you, you don't want to hear or that might mm. make you upset, get over it because we have to talk and know how yeah. this is affecting each other. Such a... <laughs> It takes couples years to learn this. And some people, they don't even learn it. Um, and I suppose that's, that's in essence, you know, because you've gone through, you can, there's this phrase I, I like to use a lot at the moment. It's my in phrase. I can grow through what I'm going through, right? Mm. And I think it sounds like that's what you did. Yeah. That, that as you were going through this very stressful time with the visas, with a young family, you, you grow through it. And you can grow in your marriage. So you're communicating uh, and chatting and talking, yeah. which was great. How, you talked about the church and how it sort of practically got involved. What was that yeah. like? Well, it looked like, you know, people cooking for us, people even just like distracting us <laughs> <laughs> by like doing fun things. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was all, I think like our most stressful year was during COVID. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't too much that we could do with, with other people, but um, just like, People checking in, people practically providing and helping us, people um, uh, praying for us. Um, yeah, just all of it combined. Because yeah. I, I, um, I needed a surgery that was taking quite a long time here in the UK. And then... Welcome to the NHS. Yeah. God love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then had a, a friend in the States that my parents talked to who's our gynecologist in... Texas and she just said oh yeah uh, I'll, I'll do it I'll do it like this week if you want me to and so just we had people like that just really yeah. loving and caring for us and yeah um doing whatever they could really to to support us yeah totally and that was all amazing in its own right wasn't it because yeah. I mean the NHS I mean it's a beautiful organization but it was struggling after COVID yeah uh, it's still struggling a little bit now yeah, well, yeah. a lot now isn't it but um and so surgeries weren't getting done in time yeah and I remember you being quite concerned about your health and your dad doing what dads do. Right, I'm going to solve this problem. Mm. You're flying back home. <laughs> we have this doctor, yeah. uh, which was um, which was great. And, and obviously, I mean, how's your health now? Finding answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think I'm still like still on a journey, but I think a lot of the things I can uh, resolve. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, still not 100%, but mm -hmm. looking forward to getting 100%. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to getting back up there, yeah, fair yeah. play. So you're, you're, you're sort of on this, this, uh, 
the turning of a new chapter, aren't you, in the book? The page is about to turn. In a couple of days, you get in on a plane. You're going back to the States. Mm. You, John, and Eden are going to start your life over there. Mm. Um, so looking back on your time, you know, from moving away from home, getting engaged, getting married, becoming a mum, mm. uh, you know, your early 20s, is sort of really an interesting, very formative part of life. A lot happens in a very short space of time, I think, in that part of your life. Mm. Looking at where you are now, what would you say to yourself if you could go back and have a conversation with that young girl that's going to get on a plane and fly mm. to Germany? Mm. What would you? What would your advice be? Man, there's a lot I'd like to say to her, <laughs> but uh, I think ultimately I'd say following Jesus comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. Um, don't underestimate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that comes like indescribable peace and joy mm. and safety. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's the it's the most steady foundation you could ever stand on. Mm. Um, and I, yeah, I just I really don't know how I would have coped with everything that I've gone through from getting on that plane to Germany till now mm-hmm. if I didn't have his his peace. Yeah, and knowing him as a father, a provider, and a friend. Yeah. And knowing, I guess, in some respects, that you're doing what he's called you to do, right? That, yeah. I think that's ultimately the... It's, life's not working out as I think it should, but at least I know that I'm doing what I think God's told me to do. Yeah. And I think there's quite a lot of peace involved in that. When you say that following Jesus comes at a cost and don't underestimate it, did is that what you did? What do you... As in, like... This was the advice that you said that you are going to give to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that... Yeah, I think because it's not easy. Yeah. There, there's, yeah, it's just not easy. And I think it, it calls you to behave differently to how you feel like you your, your human flesh wants you to behave. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't like, it doesn't mean that there's no acknowledgement of our humanness or mm-hmm. no grace for that. But it just, I have to, yeah, it just kind of, not it's just an element of trust of like yeah my way is not the best way yeah that's a very good way of putting it my way is not the best way and i think this is the wrestle that we are (laughs) we face throughout most of our (laughs) lives to be fair i want to do this no 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 no. i think you should do this yes but lord no and it's that conversation Mm -hmm. that internal wrestle so what's been some of your best memories then uh you know since getting on that plane from June, obviously mm. meeting John. Meeting John. That first time you saw him. Yeah. Oh. Uh, your crazy wooing techniques. <laughs> he couldn't remember my name for three weeks. But I'd, already, <laughs> I'd, I'd already told all my family back home. I was like, I met the love of my life. Um, but yeah, no, one of my favorite memories. There's so many. Mm. I think um, my, my YWAM year was really hard. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was really difficult. But... I met some amazing people mm-hmm. um, and I got to see the world and that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really cool. Um, so that I, I treasure that. Um, yeah, meeting John, the friends that I've met here have mm-hmm. just, yeah, can't talk about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got tissues. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah um, you know, having Eden, 
Um, yeah, it's just I love England. What's there not to love, right? I know. What's that? It's full of English people for yeah, a start. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, and not just England. I love Liverpool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the best city. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It, it, it is. Re- just has to. Just, it really is. It is. Uh, but it's one of those things, isn't it? I I, I saw uh, just to change the subject slightly. Um, you showed me a video earlier of Eden running around in a Liverpool football club <laughs> yeah. kit because you finally did the tour of Anfield before oh, yeah. you left. Oh. And she was dancing. How could you not be a red? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's so, going to get some comments. <laughs> that's going to get some. And he, uh, in Liverpool, by the way, in case you don't know, there's two football teams, uh, Liverpool and Liverpool Reserves. Uh, no, no, that's not unfair. That's Bill Shankly that said that. There's Liverpool and there's Everton. Uh, so there's a red side of the city and there's a blue side of the city. Mm. Um, and you're either one or the other, aren't you, yeah. really? And there's always been that sort of rivalry between both sides. Yeah. I've really you? enjoyed that whole aspect. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just find it so fun. Don't know much of the game, Yeah. but I'll definitely get involved and be enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah, well, John's a big Liverpool fan, oh, isn't yeah. he? I huge. mean, he's huge. Yeah. So. Um, you kind of had to follow suit. Yeah, so. there, was, there was no way. But then I saw Klopp and his smile, and I fell in love. <laughs> and I love the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and why not, right? Why yeah. not? That's awesome. So lots of good memories. Yeah. Um, lots of really good memories. And uh, I find it fascinating. Uh, watch. I, I've, I found the whole journey of you and John and, uh, and Eden now obviously quite fascinating. John, I've known since, you know, he was a, a young whippersnapper coming back mm. up. I've known John's parents a long time. Yeah. And so it was always interesting. This this young lad goes off. We don't see him for a little while. And he comes back and he's like, oh, I've, I'm going to yeah. get married. And you're like, what? Yeah. Especially since he had, didn't have a girlfriend really before he <laughs> yeah. met me. It's like, really? Yeah. I didn't realize you'd gone through puberty yet, John. But okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those. Uh, and so it's just been really fascinating watching um, you guys grow and develop as a family and all the stuff that you're doing your heart's massive and mm. and you guys do some amazing stuff with the worship and um, beautiful voices beautiful very talented musicians uh, and I remember coming around to your house a few years ago and all of a sudden there was a big organ in the, oh, yeah. in the corner of the room yeah I think I got it for like 40 quid in a cherry shop <laughs> it was great but it was a big organ and it took up it like huge. most of the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was a very Farrington-esque thing to do. It I think. was, yeah. Yeah, John wrote a whole Christmas song one year and we filmed a music video for him, put tea lights. It was brilliant. It's called <laughs> Christmas Alone. It's great. But yeah, we had to pass on the organ because uh, we had a bit of a mouse infestation and then mice started living in the organ. And so, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of children's books where mice come from church organs. Yeah, it's true, I'm actually. I'm sure there's probably... A whole great deal of stuff there. So looking back on everything, mm-hmm. if there was one message, one thing that you felt, you know, that you've learned from God over the last six years, um, the, uh, in Frontline we like to call this the Nick Harding message, but what would, what would your one message be? If you, were to, if you could only preach one sermon, mm. like you get back home, your dad's like, Anna Grace, you're speaking at church on Sunday. <laughs> What would that message be? Yikes. <laughs> um, Yikes. I, I think God's faithful. Mm. I think um, 
he's proven that time and time again. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in the life of my family and mm. my friends. And he's constant. And he's faithful. I think that's my thing. Yeah. yeah. Someone you can trust, right? Yeah. Very trustworthy. Yeah. That's powerful. So what are you... The page is about to turn. Mm-hmm. What are the hopes? My hopes? Yeah. For the next next chapter. Mm, I hope... Um, I really, f- I, I feel, I really hope this next season feels very abundant. Mm. Um, like, I hope it's a, a season where we all, all three of us, me, Johnny, and Eden, can thrive and um, kind of just like a next step. I don't really know specifics. I'm kind of open to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the words I'd use. Is I just, I hope it's abundant. And I hope mm-hmm. it's vibrant. Abundant and vibrant. Mm. It'd be interesting to to watch you guys get reestablished again. Yeah. Um, Because for you, you're going home. Yeah. Um, You're going to stay with your mum and dad. Mm -hmm. Um, John's obviously, he's going to now be going through what you went through a few years ago. And he's got to live in a new country. Eden, in some respects, is going to the other side of her family. Yeah. Right, because half's here, half's in the the US. Um, And so it'd be interesting to see how you guys establish yourselves over there. Mm. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, come visit. Oh, there's no doubt. Because... uh, you won't know this, uh, dear listener, but um, your dad's church is like 10 miles away from a really good friend of mine mm. in Charlotte. And whenever I go, I go stay with them in Charlotte. And um, yeah, was it because I was there a few weeks ago, mm. went to your dad's church, had lunch with your mum and dad, who are just, they're amazing people. If you're watching, you're awesome. <laughs> um, so I will definitely be visiting. Mm. Uh, I don't know who's going to come. Whether I'll go to Charlotte, because I go to Charlotte, I try and go over once a year if I can, because um, that's near where I used to live. I, that's that's a part of the states I lived in. Uh, or whether you're going to come over here more, because obviously you've got the, totally, the yeah. family over here. But I hope that we can come to the UK once a year. That would be the, the, the goal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll At wait least. We'll wait and see. <laughs> Listen, AG, as we like to call you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did people call you AG before you came to the UK? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's not mm-hmm. a new thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so AG was kind of my nickname. Um, my dad, like, I, yeah. I don't like people to call me Anna. No, no, I learned that mistake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, my name It's either not. Anna Grace, AG. <laughs> That's it. You have to include both. <laughs> or Mrs. Fountain. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> technically I'm not. <laughs> technically, yeah. <laughs> technically still Miss Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. That's another story for another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, seriously, because uh, love you guys. Think you're awesome. Oh, and, we love you. Uh, I I trust that the next chapter will be very well written, uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to reading it, and seeing what happens. So, That's thanks great. for coming on to What's the Story, uh, the podcast. If people want to reach out, if people want to find out more about you, you have a big social media thing going on, don't you? I do, yeah. It's kind of taken a bit of a pause, but uh, a bit of a pause. I haven't really had time, but I have a Instagram. A Instagram. Yeah. Is that what you said? A Instagram. Yeah. That's a really cool word because you you like your knitting. I do. I haven't knit in a while, but I think that's just the season of life I'm in. Right. Um. But yeah, I, I do love to knit. I love all things crafty. that can be understood in so many ways and actually probably all of the different ways it could be understood are probably quite accurate yeah yeah, yeah, just ask my mom that was sneaky brilliant listen 
You're awesome. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Matt. You're an absolute legend. And just like that, we've reached the end of another fascinating conversation. Remember to check out Crowd Online Church at www.crowd.church. Don't forget to subscribe to What's the Story on your favorite podcast app. We've got a treasure trove of inspiring stories coming your way, and we'd hate for you to miss any of them. What's the Story is a production of Crowd Online Church. Our fantastic team, including Anna Kettle, Matt Edmondson, Tanya Hutzelak, and myself, Sada Fainan, work behind the scenes to bring these stories to life. Our theme song is the creative work of Josh Edmondson. If you're interested in the transcript or show notes, head over to our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. And while you're there, sign up for our free newsletter to get all the goodness delivered straight to your inbox. That's all from us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.